2: Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com.
3: Welcome to Spill and Dish, a new podcast from the Specialty Food Association. Founded in 1952, SFA is the leading trade association and source of information about the $194 billion specialty food industry. We champion the food producers, retailers, and other buyers who make up the specialty food world. If you wanna know more about membership, visit specialtyfood.com. While on the site, check out the new Maker Prep Course, a 12-step online program that will teach you how to take your specialty food product to the next level. In each episode, we want to share the stories behind the products made and sold by our members who are helping shape the future of food. You can listen and discover the inspiration, recipe, craft, culture, ingredients, and production methods that help answer the question, what makes specialty food special? I'm today's host, Julie Gallagher, Director of Content Development at the Specialty Food Association. We're so happy to bring you today's episode and also so pleased to be working with Heritage Radio Network, a nonprofit podcast network covering the world of food, drink, and agriculture and expanding the way eaters think about food. Our guest today is Sam Mogannon, owner of the Byright family of businesses, which operates two specialty food markets, a creamery a catering commissary and a nonprofit cooking school and education space. Sam is also a 2023 SFA Lifetime Achievement Award winner. Welcome Sam and congratulations on winning your well-deserved award. I'm so pleased to have you with us today. Often our guests are from the maker side. So I'm excited to be speaking not only with a specialty retailer but one that sets the bar really high.
1: Oh, thanks, Julie. Appreciate it.
3: So can I consider you take myself back-
1: a maker as well, though. So,
3: Okay. We'll get into that. Um, can you take us back to the beginning? Because I know that Byright has been around for more than 80 years. So how did you and your family get involved with it?
1: Yeah. yeah. The original location um, in the Mission District by Dolores Park has been um, a Byright market since 1940. And my father and uncle um, were the third owners. They bought it in 1964, and it's been in our family um, since then. Um, as you know, typical with uh, lots of immigrant families, you know, we as children um, were were the labor. Um, and uh, I spent most of my childhood working in this store and, and spent a good 11 year period of my life from six until I was 17 until I graduated from high school working at the store and just had a. An amazing time learning learning so much about just community building and people during that period but i didn't want to be a grocer and um decided that i wanted to pursue hospitality and and got into um, the restaurant world and fell in love with kitchens and cooking and um spent the next um, 12 years cooking in various restaurants including um, my own in the financial district of san francisco and then um, and then the opportunity to come back to the family business came up in 1997. The market had been out of, our, out of the family for nine years. My, my father and uncle sold it and retired um, in 1989. And um, my brother and I decided to buy it back. And, and um, I brought a chef's perspective uh, to the new market that reopened in 1998. And we just celebrated our 25th anniversary this this past year. And it's been just an awesome, fun ride.
3: Congratulations. Um, So I've never been to one of your stores, but after reading about them, I can imagine a really rich sensory experience happening once you set foot in the door. What do customers tend to see and smell at your locations?
1: Yeah, the sensory experience actually even starts before you even walk in the door. You know, we've got beautiful, abundant displays of of flowers um, outside that just kind of give you a sense of color and freshness. And then the minute you you walk up to the front door, you're 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 just assaulted with an array of of colors um, of produce. Uh, we just we celebrate the local bounty that's available to us in in Northern California and. Um, so you're walking in, and in the summer you're getting the aroma of all the beautiful peaches and strawberries that we have available. You know, now in the fall there's just a bounty of apples, including many rare to f- and hard to find heirloom apples. Um, and then as you kind of navigate through the store, all of a sudden you begin to smell, you know, just this um, these aromas of, of, of cheese or fresh baked bread. And then, and then you get hit with the smell coming out of the kitchen. You know, we're very intentional about putting a, a kitchen, um, an open kitchen right in the middle of the stores. So our guests can see and smell, um, and, and, and really experience the food as it's being cooked. And, um, and as a as a chef myself, I just wanted to be able to to cook and, and and be present with with the people that I was feeding, and um and so you're 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 you just get this you just get this sense that all the food that's being sold is being made um and in, in that moment and um it's it's really fun. That
3: Sounds so nice, and I love that you um, also seem to really emphasize seasonality. Um, tell me about that, and can that be a challenge at times when you're, you know, switching out your offerings so often? Um,
1: yeah, but you know, the the, the 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 seasonality is really important because when food's in season and when it's coming from nearby, it's just it's just going to taste way better. And um, as a as a as a cook, my you know my 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 whole goal with 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 um, sharing food is is to share food that is, is, is delicious and, and makes an impression that makes you remember it and makes you want to crave it want want, makes you want to come back for more of it. And, um, and so it does, it does take work to, to keep, um, changing the displays and, and, and finding new sources of, 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 of food, new farmers, new ranchers, new cheese makers. Um, um, but that's also the fun part. You know, we get to celebrate these amazing, passionate, um producers that that um put so much love and effort into into the work into their work and 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 we get the privilege of 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 feeding it to um our guests who come in and and rely on us to you know give them just a delicious experience every time.
3: Yeah, and then I understand you have a new location that you're working on. Tell me a little bit about that and how it came to be.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a it's a site in another neighborhood in San Francisco called Russian Hill, and um, it's one of the oldest neighborhoods in San Francisco. And um, we're um, purchasing an existing market called the Real Foods Company that's um, been in that location for um, almost thirty five years now. And um, I had worked for the um, the founding family when I was in the restaurant world and um, began to be get familiar with uh, their um, farm direct relationships back when I worked for them as a cook and um, eventually lived in the neighborhood and and uh, you know, would, would frequently shop at that store because there was just great access to great ingredients and um, so there's always a, a an appreciation for the site and, and for its history and an opportunity came up for us to purchase um, the business. And um, we've been working on it for the past year with the existing owner and with the, um, the property owner. And, and um, just a few weeks ago, we finally finally signed the lease and um, uh, we'll hopefully break ground um, the first week of November and, and open in the spring of, uh, of 2024.
3: Okay. And then, so I know that you're a chef. Tell me about your food service offerings and the hand that you play in coming up with recipes, um, and designing menus.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I'm, 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 I love, I I love feeding people. And, and the whole reason why I got into cooking and why I fell in love with it was uh, just the, um, power that selecting ingredients and, and, you know, Turning them into a beautiful dish, a delicious dish, has it's transformative on the person that you get to feed. And um, I really wanted to take that same um, uh, passion and and um, transformative power that a cook has and bring it to a a, a retailer environment, which doesn't typically happen. And um, you know, as most most retailers, it's just designed for efficiency as opposed to the true connection that can be made with with freshly made food and I, um, you know, love making simple dishes and, and, and really showcasing the, the, the wrong ingredients themselves. It's primarily produce based. Um, you know, we work, we have some really talented chefs in, in the organization who I collaborate with on, on creating, creating the dishes and, um, uh, our guests rely on us for food. That's, um, going to take care of them for that night for take care of them and their family. And we've got, you know, so many, so many different things that we make in our kitchens um, from, you know, our, our, our sandwiches to um, our prepared salads to uh, uh, prepared entrees and, uh, and fish to um, a whole slew of grab-and-go items where people can come in if they're in a hurry and just grab a few items off the shelf that are ready to eat or take home and and, and reheat. We also make um, our own um, baked goods, cookies and cakes, and um, put a cremes, um, and also – Manufacture our, our own line of ice cream using um, this extraordinary um, milk um, from the Strauss Family Creamery that's just 35 miles north of us in the Marin, in Marin County, and um, the ice cream features a lot of um, extra, extraordinarily fresh and delicious seasonal ingredients from from farms that we work with, and and. Um, every season we uh, collaborate with a local San Francisco chef to create a, a unique flavor that's representative of, 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 their vision of what, um, you know, their um, you know, cooking and their style is. And, and it's, uh, it's a lot of fun to get to do the collaborations with other chefs in the city to create ice cream flavors as well. And so we've got all of that going on in the markets and then we've got a separate catering, um, catering kitchen that does a lot of, um, you know, um, special event catering for, um, companies and, and, um, uh, social events at people's homes. Um, and that, uh, catering kitchen also, um, acts as our commissary for a lot of our, um, packaged prepared foods.
3: Wow. So you definitely have a full plate, I'm sure. How do you get ideas for how your business sort of branches out to all these different areas?
1: A lot of a lot of our businesses are um, kind of a result of of an um, identifying a need that existed, and and so um, you know when when I came back to um, the family business in 1997, um, the neighborhood that you know I, we uh, opened it, and the mission was was in in in, in a, in a, in a um, period of change; it was transforming. And, um, and so the market needed to transform with it. And so it made sense, at least to me, you know, many people didn't think it made sense when, when, when I explained the concept of what we were trying to do with uh, a kitchen inside the store. But it made sense to me that, you know, this, this demographic is going to want fresh food. It's going to want seasonal ingredients. It's going to want food that they can just take home and eat um and 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 um not have to go through the cooking process and and i think more than anything it was craving it was craving a connection to to um uh to where their food was coming from and and we we're providing all of that um the creamery which was the next business that we opened um uh was also a result of um um uh, my wife who's a pastry chef and our partner chris um um, both being pastry chefs, um, uh, desire to, um, have their own space to bake. Um, and, uh, we, uh, found a location, um, on our block, um, uh, but didn't want to do a bakery because, um, uh, tartine bakery had, uh, already opened on our street. And so we decided to, um, do an ice cream shop because there weren't very many ice cream shops in San Francisco at the time. And there were no ice cream shops, in san francisco that were using local organic dairy um and uh, so we decided to to do that and we wanted to partner with the strauss family because we had been had a long relationship with them um with selling their dairy in our markets um and so when we opened the creamery it was an instant success and when there were lines wrapped around the block um for years because there was no other really great ice cream in San Francisco. And then several people um, started to open more ice cream shops and recognize the importance of using good milk. Um, And, and that's tremendously helped the Strauss family because they increased access, uh, access points for selling their, their, um, their, their milk, which helped their network of, uh, of organic farmers. Um, And then, and then when we um, founded 18 reasons, our nonprofit, that, um, was also all about trying to take the conversations that we were happy, happening um, in the store with our guests that were like a minute, two minutes long about where their food was coming from or the story behind a farmer, and really wanting to take them deeper and you know to take the cooking techniques that we're sharing with our guests and to really give them a more in-depth opportunity to learn how to how to prepare food, how to cook food at home um, how to empower them. And, and so we found that little space around the corner and, and, and started doing cooking classes. And we started to bring in, um, producers, um, to talk about, um, their, their, their ranching methods or their farming techniques to do side-by-side tastings. Um, and, um, people loved it, you know, cause all of a sudden they got to really intimately get to know their farmer. Um, and and that you know we t- we don't have that much access to to, to farmers and ranchers in the city um, unless you're going to the farmers market and with those engagements are also really you know really short it's not like you could spend two hours talking to a farmer at the farmers market um, mm-hmm. and so those those experiences were really um, wonderful for for our guests and and we evolved the programming at at 18 reasons to um, include. Um, education outside of that classroom on 18th street. Now we teach, you know, children all the way up to seniors, um, across the three Bay area counties and, and teach over, over, um, 4,000 students a year. And many of the classes that we offer are free. Um, and we're trying to, um, uh, provide um, nutrition education along with cooking education, just so that we can give people um, um, owner, uh, the, pa- the, the knowledge they need to have ownership over their own, o- own well-being, over their health, and, and to begin to reverse some of the issues that they're dealing with when it comes to diabetes or heart disease or c- high cholesterol um, that we actually have the power to control um, if we eat right. Um, so continuing on that transformative work that I feel is so important.
3: Wow. That's amazing. This seems like such fulfilling work that you do. Um, and I read something really beautiful on your website about how shoppers should expect to feel welcome and appreciated and accepted, um, when they step into your doors. And so this seems to tie into your, um, mission that I was reading about leading with love. Yeah. What, exactly um does that mean can you talk about that
1: yeah well our 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 mission our mission is to create community through food and 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 that that really is about um you know leveraging leveraging food to connect um our staff and our guests and our producer community together while respecting and 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 improving hopefully the the well-being of our planet So that, that's, that's our mission and feeds the connector. Our core values are um, uh, leading with love to pursuing with passion and acting with integrity. And, and the one that really is the most important, I shouldn't say it's the most important, but the one that um, I feel is, is, is unique to us is this notion of leading with love, which is um, all, all about respecting each other and 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 welcoming each other, creating a a, a space that's that's safe where where individuals are seen and, and heard and appreciated for who they are, and and whether that's um, a, a a guest that's walking in through our threshold or whether it's just um, somebody who um, joins a, joins our team as a as a staff member. Um, or um, a a supplier that we work with. We want everyone to feel that they're part of our, our, of our, of our community, part of our family, and that they're, that they're appreciated for the hard work and the passion and the commitment that they've made to, to, to feeding, feeding us. um, Because we can't do it alone. And, and um, love, love is just important. We need more love in this world. And, and I think, I think if we expressed love more, more frequently, we would, Begin to challenge a lot of the, the the hatred and divisiveness that that is is tearing tearing so many of our communities apart right now.
3: And I understand that you're a certified B Corp and also among the top five percent worldwide for the best for the world in the community impact category for the past five years. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Um so I'm, I'm always really impressed by companies who've achieved this status. Is it something that you're constantly striving to maintain or are many of these practices sort of ingrained in your culture? Um, tell me about that.
1: Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a little bit of both, you know, there, the, um, I think many of the, um, many of the, uh, assessment categories um topics um in getting certified as a b corporation we're already ingrained into who we are as a company and, and part of our values system um but the way um b corp works and and the way they challenge um uh their their community the b corp community is is constantly um making the assessment questionnaire more challenging um, as you recertify mm-hmm. every two to three years, it used to be every two years. Now it's every three years. And so they make it harder. And so, so, so the hurdle gets, gets, gets higher. And, and so it forces us to constantly be in a state of evolution and improvement on our practices. And it's one of the things that I love most about being a member of the B Corp community is because you can't, you can't rest on your laurels just because you've achieved the status. You constantly it doesn't mean that you can stop. You constantly have to keep pushing harder, and 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 making making co- conscious and, and significant improvements to how you operate. Um, whether it's it's around how you govern, how you you take care of your staff, how you take care of the planet, how you take how you take care of the of the general community. Um, it all makes it. It all makes a difference and contributes to. Um, um, uh, to, to the value that you're, you're finally assessed. Um, our community work is, is something that, that, um, we're, we're super, we're super proud of, especially being recognized as as in the top 5% and the best of the world. I mean, you know, our, you know, Sarah, Sarah Holt, our, our, um, marketing and community director, um, really leads, leads that effort and, and, um, has done an incredible job of, 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 Programmatically, um, making a difference um, in 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 the lives of of, of those that are, are often neglected in in in, in San Francisco, and um, I'm super proud of um, you know our entire team's efforts and in the work that we do um, every day to support our our greater community.
3: The companies that have gained that um, certification collaborate with one another? Is it sort of like a club that you're in and maybe you bounce ideas off each other?
1: Yeah, there, there is, there, there are various, there are various forums, um, where, uh, you, you know, B Corps can, you know, can communicate on various topics. Um, there's a gathering, um, that happens, um, uh, locally. And then there's, I think a national gathering that happens as well, um, for, for, for sharing and for learning. Um, I think I think one of the other benefits is that um, you know B corporations tend to seek each other out to do business with each other, and so you know we prioritize companies um, when they're B corps as as um, as, as companies that we want to work with, and and because um, they share they share the same values that we do, um, and so yeah, it is there's there's um, there's definitely that aspect of it as well.
3: Okay. What advice would you give a specialty food brand that's looking to gain placement on your retail shelves?
1: Um, Make sure it's absolutely delicious and that you um, (laughs) understand and know where all of your ingredients are coming from and that the ingredients are, um, are, are clean. You know, we, we, we have pretty high standards for the products that we sell I, you know, I mean, as a, as a cook, you know, I, I talked about this earlier, you know, I, we have a, a, a tremendous responsibility to put food in people's bodies. That's going to make them feel good. And if there are, are, are preservatives or chemicals or artificial ingredients in, in those items, I'm not, I'm just not going to feel good putting it in their body. Cause you know, it's, it's, it's going to do the opposite of what I want. And I, feel it's going to break trust with the, with the person who's eating it. And, um, and so, you know, having, uh, have, having a clean ingredient deck, um, do, doing, um, great sourcing to make sure that who you're buying it from, um, has good employment practices and good environmental management practices. Um, and, um, Show me that you're excited about it. You know, I I so love when a producer presents something, and you can just feel their passion and 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 the origin story. You know, whether it's like from something that they learned from their mother or their grandmother, um, or from a friend. Um, you know, it always gets me fired up when I when I when I when I when I, when I hear it.
3: Okay, we're almost out of time, but before you go, we'd like for you to participate in our final segment called Take Five, where we pose five questions to our guest. But first, let's pause for a break.
2: This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country.
3: Okay. Here are your five questions for our final segment. Take five. What is your favorite thing about the specialty food industry?
1: Oh, I love the people. There's just so there's so much passion in the industry, and and, um, I can never tire of it.
3: Okay. And what's one thing that SFA has made easier for you as a specialty food business owner and maker?
1: SF, SFA has really done a great job of, of creating access to um, uh, producers um, from around the world. And um, I, I so appreciate the opportunity to gather at the, at the trade shows um, and, and to get to meet, um, you know, producers who I've never, never heard of um, and, and to get to connect with people that I've been working with for the last 25 years. Um, it's, it's uh that, that in-person, that in-person con, con, connection is just, uh, it's priceless.
3: If you weren't running a business, what would you be doing?
1: Um, I'd probably be an industrial designer, engineering kind of person. I love solving problems. I like building things. Um, and, and, um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a tinker and more often than not, like I, I kind of, I, I, I I treat our our businesses and our spaces like a like a like a um constant art project of sorts.
3: <laughs> yeah. And what's one piece of advice you'd give a new food business?
1: Um have a have a clear well-articulated mission. You know, I think having 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 a well-stated purpose and having um values and, um, you know, even taking it a step further and, and really crafting out a vision, um, what that picture of success might look like in, in three, five, ten years, I think will help you stay focused and, and um, uh, in, in, in your pursuit of, of, of what you're excited about doing.
3: How do you define specialty food?
1: Non-mainstream, um, the, you know, food that's got um, a, a story that's made by somebody who who cares. Um, got ingredients um, that that um, um, are uh, considered in the in when 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 um, being chosen to be put into the ingredient into the into the actual recipe.
3: Okay, great. Thank you for joining us today. You can find out more about this show at specialtyfood.com and heritageradio network.org. And remember to follow wherever you get your podcasts. Come back often to get to know the people who are shaping the future of food. Special thanks to Sam Moganum and the Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. This is Spill and Dish, a specialty food association podcast.
1: Spill and Dish, a specialty food association podcast, is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.